0: On uh, today's episode of The Fizz, the band is back together for the first time in a few episodes. We talk about the U of M-MSU game and the beatdown that U of M gave MSU. But did they know all of the plays? We talk about signgate from U of M, Harbaugh, Stallions, the whole thing. The Red Wings are absolutely on fire to start the season 5-1-1. One one. They have been a blast to watch. We also touch on the Pistons, who are tipping off who tipped off last night versus the Miami Heat. And then after that, Lou has a game for us called Made in Detroit. You'll definitely want to check that out. And then, of course, we recap the beatdown the Ravens gave us in Baltimore and look ahead to the NFL and the Detroit Lions in Week 8. It's an action packed show, and we can't wait for you guys to listen to it. But before we get into all of that, I need to talk about our main sponsor, which is Vosa. You already know who they are the ready to drink vodka beverage that comes in vodka water and then their lightly carbonated Highline. Huge news out of the Vosa camp this week Kate Upton, yes, that Kate Upton has just signed on as a co owner of the brand. Kate Upton, Vosa working together now. Vosa was already a brand headed towards the moon and now they're just gonna get there even faster. So excited for Vosa signing her on. That is a match made in heaven. So congrats to our number one sponsor. We love seeing those who support us have success. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. But now, let's get into the fizz. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us. We have been off for a week and the three of us haven't been together in even longer than that. But it is a good day. It is a good evening. We are all here and we are happy to bring you episode 125. I am here with the main men, Ice Cold Brulu. How we doing, Lou?
1: Good, baby. It's nice to be back with the, with the trifecta tonight. Full-fledged hump oh, day. Yeah. Ya yeah, mean.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, and we're also here with Channy Football. Channy, what is the word? Breaking news.
2: The band is back together. <laughs>
0: All right, we are off to a fucking weird and giggly start. It is Wednesday, October 25th at 7.15 p.m., and we just had an action-packed week of sports and news, and I am ready to dive right into it. But we do have some catching up to do. Want to know what's going on in your guys' world, what news you're bringing to the table. So fire away, boys.
2: Yeah, Yeah, uh, go ahead, Danny. Rip it up. Yeah, first things first, I mean, I know I posted on it today, but uh, the Saunders Bumpy Cake news, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, reports from local news outlets stating that the bakery that produces the Saunders Bumpy Cake, the infamous Saunders Bumpy Cake that is a local staple, is actually closing. And with that, the production of the cake is closing for the time being. So Essentially, Saunders has come out, said they're looking for other options, but they don't have other options, which could affect the supply come winter and early into next year. So big news locally out of Metro Detroit. I know everyone that's listening has had a Saunders bumpy cake at some point in their life, even if they were trying it at their Polish friend's house But with that, guys, I mean, it just kind of brings back memories. I don't know about you guys, but I eat Saunders bumpy cake at like every celebration that my family has.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, Chandler, dude. This was fucking mortifying news, to say the least, when I heard it. Um, I know uh, one of our other buddies, Deanie the Great, was uh, – talking about it he was a little he was disheveled i i could tell right through the fucking typing alone just absolutely
0: disheveled
1: the shovel was loose to say the least absolutely shovel got
0: ripped out of his hands the guy was shoveling and if you know dv he fucking loves digging dude
1: this guy shoveled some bumpy cake in his day my boys um i was absolutely torn when i saw this and 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 it's similar for us my mom's 100 percent polish so we have Bumpy Cake at like every family event on her side. Um, what fucking terrible news, dude. Awful. Just awful.
0: So obviously I know what Saunders Bumpy Cake is. I've had it plenty of times, but I didn't realize that this was like a Polish thing. Like, what's the story there? Can you guys walk me through that? Or, or is it just known that Polacks love Saunders Bumpy Cake?
2: All I can walk you through is I've been on this earth for 33 years. Both sides of my family are Polish and we have it at every get together. So I don't know why it's that way. It's just, I guess it's just a Polish thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know either.
1: I, and it's always weird to me. Cause like, mo, like, a, I guess this is, but some people are, I guess most people are ice cream people over cake people. Whereas like the Polish side of my family is a hundred percent cake people over ice cream paper people in all aspects.
0: Okay. I got it. Yeah. I was just curious. I didn't know. I didn't know. I don't have Polish family. So I was just curious what, like what that deal was, but yeah, this is devastating news. I don't even know how you let this happen. Um, (laughs) So I guess so like, but this is just
2: temporary, right? It it could be temporary. I guess what the, the article had said was that they need to find someone who has the capability to keep up with the production levels and also with the quality. So, like, it it looks like the the, the bakery that was producing it before was Ari's Bakery in Livonia. So, yeah. I don't know if they dedicated a lot of their their business to doing just the bumpy cake, or I don't know why it was only produced out of Ari's, but... I mean, it tastes so damn good you can't replicate it. So I, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be hard to find someone who can do it and then do it at scale.
0: Well, now that it's hit the mainstream news, you got to believe someone's going to step up to the plate and, you know, get, a, get them a bakery so we can get these bumpy cakes out the door. I 100%. feel like that, this is this is horrible timing for it, too. You know, we're about to hit holiday season. You know, yes. you see you see the bumpy cakes kind of on all these holiday tables.
2: And I feel like it's in the category of, like, better made fago verners saunders like those are like detroit brands so like that's why it hits even a little bit harder is like you've seen some of these brands kind of take a step back or a step down and like no let's boost them up let's make them bigger let's make them better let's support them more and and this is a time that we can try to support another local company to to keep the best damn cake on our shelves Amen. You know,
0: hey, we support local here. Big Michigan podcast. Uh, you know, if you guys got a bakery, if anyone listening out there has got a bakery for these cakes, you want to step made. up, yeah. You want to do something with your life? <laughs> get these. <laughs> hey, cakes I just want to
2: shout out. Speaking of, of of local companies, Vosa Frank, I saw on your uh, IG story or your post today. Sounds like they had some big news coming in um, that dropped what today? Maybe last night. Uh, Today. Yeah, long time coming.
0: So uh, if you didn't see it, didn't hear it, I made a post about it today. But the Vosa has now Kate Upton. They brought on the Kate Upton as one of their co-owners. And I know they were working on this, massaging it, trying to get it where they wanted it uh, for a long time. But now she is on board, full blown co-owner. If you go to the website, they got a whole photo shoot with her there with Vosa. So Pretty exciting stuff. Michigan-made company. She's obviously from Michigan. Big step for a smaller company looking to grow. Uh, obviously, we'll have a lot more name recognition. This was their biggest pop of media that they've ever had. So very excited for them. I mean, they're the number one supporter of Champagne Athletics, of the, this podcast. Uh, they've obviously been our sponsor. Uh, for since we went, you know, kind of off on our own and took our bigger step, and uh, you know, I'm just really happy for the guys over there. So, shout out Vosa, thanks for being a sponsor of uh, this podcast and Champagne Athletics, and congrats on getting Kate Upton as a co-owner.
1: Well, yeah, uh, that's we, awesome.
0: Yeah, Hopefully we got another
1: to, cat daddy video in the making for Vosa. Yeah, or we just got to get her on the pod. Yeah, that's step two.
0: Yeah, can, <laughs> step step two. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So, you know, boys, uh went through a week, kind of played back and forth with you guys. I uh, had one of you one day, one of you the other, uh, just kind of grinding her out with busy schedules and stuff. So what's what's new? Any any breaking news in either of your worlds since we, uh, we were all together?
1: Nothing too crazy. Uh, besides, I absolutely cooked my back at our hockey game yesterday. Uh, so I was trying to get my Debrinket on, you know, but I was coming up from the blue line, taking it to the fucking front of the net in the in like late first, dude. Just got a weird tweak in the old uh in the old lower smushmorkin. Uh, that's the muscle that's right above your butt that connects ah, to your back. Jesus, and uh and yeah, I had to go to the chiropractor for the first time today. So if you see me squirming around over here, that is why. <laughs> Buddy, You had to go.
0: You had to go full witch
1: doctor. I had to go full witch doctor. Luckily, it was a family friend, so uh, the insurance didn't know about it. Don't tell on me, Chandler. <laughs> fucking tattletale. Uh, Dark. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I did, dude. I had to go in there and get a little uh, get worked out a little bit. So it's feeling, it's definitely feeling better. But uh, but yeah, fucking first chiropractor visit today. I've never been. I've never been
0: to a chiropractor.
1: Yeah, Neither I've always heard that like if you go once like you have to go all the time so i was like i don't i don't want to go and shit but like bro i could barely fucking get my socks on this morning like i was I like mean, crawling out of bed i was like i is, need to do like something here
0: yeah this is this should be a lesson learned this is what happens when you try to create offense you should just <laughs> you should just fucking you should just fucking stay back like a good boy stay at home watch your goaltender get the puck out don't fucking rush that puck up
1: yeah, you you might be right, dude. Keep just smashing heads, banging out bodies in the corner, you know. Like don't try to be something you're not, you know. Yeah, you're just not be paid. who you are.
0: Yeah, you're not paid to put the puck in the net. Don't worry
1: about that. We <laughs> got guys By for no that. means.
2: <laughs> fucking Louis squirming around like he's starting a UFC fight over there, but uh... I, I wish everyone could have seen before
0: we started. He was like doing fucking stretches like he was about to play in a game. And we just he was like off camera like, "Where are you? What are you doing?" <laughs>
1: You gotta stay ready. You never know when the puck drops, baby. It could drop at any moment. You
0: should know when the puck
1: drops.
2: What's <laughs> that muscle again, Lou?
1: Oh, Chandler, you wouldn't get it. It's, just, it's science and it's anatomy. It's just too much for you to handle right now, pal. Damn, so are we just, we're
2: just we just
0: gritting this out. So you got a messed up back. I'm going full Jordan flu game for this episode right now. I've been sick as a rat dog for four days. Not just a dog, a rat dog, a sewer rat. Uh, I haven't been able to breathe for like four days. Fucking COVID's back for me. Uh, I've just had like a wicked flu for like four days. This is the first like hour I've felt good in the last 72. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's you guys. Maybe you guys maybe it's are just. Maybe
1: it's the pod hype, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think it's to be back with, with you boys recording this because Sunday, I, yeah. We owe an explanation for who, everyone who listens all the time. We've been preaching. We're going two a week, two a week. Um, And Sunday night, you know, the, these two are ready to, ready to go. Uh, but i was cooked i was completely toast and saturday night michigan state got just fucking molly whopped by michigan and then the same happened with detroit and baltimore and then i was sick as a dog and i just i threw in the towel on on sunday and i said let's just recap it all on uh on wednesday so that's why we skipped one this week
2: i mean lot going on in the lives right now but it's good to get us back together and uh good to as- get us back together just in time before um, one of the bigger games of the year. But obviously we'll touch on that later.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's get into that first Molly whopping to start. We got a couple, we got a couple of college <laughs> make it ha- quick. Yeah. Let's make it real quick. Not much to talk about. Cause then we got to talk about the team that Molly whopped us. So uh, U of M MSU 49, nothing. Um, you know, I think it's ridiculous in the middle of the game that Pizzo texted me, Frank's happy. So in the middle of this game, State's State's losing like a million to zero. And Pizzo texted me, Frank's happy. Because I predicted exactly what would happen. We got fucking steamrolled. You guys went full pride before the fall. Hey, good on you. Someone, I'm glad you guys did it. Like, I appreciate and respect your fire for MSU. I'm not dogging you at all but we got fucking train wrecked. I thought we'd put up 10 points. We got fucking zero points, 49 to nothing. And it was a disaster right from the very beginning.
2: Someone's got to fall on the sword. And I had it off by about halftime. The part was like at the start of the game, it was just, we were getting in such good positions defensively, third and 10, third and 13. And they were just picking our defensive part. Um, they kind of rolled over after it was 21 nothing. from what I saw. It was almost like they didn't want to be there anymore at that point in time. most disheartening thing that I heard all weekend um, and since the game was Harlan Barnett coming out, basically being like, hey, I was too easy on him. I let the players be tardy to team meetings. No great coach, no even good coach would ever allow that. You've seen Deion sit a five-star corner this year because he wasn't putting in the work in the film room and being there on time. Nick Saban doesn't stand for it. None of these big guys do. And Harlan Barnett comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm basically letting the players do whatever they want. Cause I feel bad for them.
0: Uh, Channy, I totally agree. And you know how much I love Harlan. Uh, and I'm not defending this at all, but I think it is very difficult, you know, and, and, I mean, Piso, you've coached like I think it's very difficult, especially midseason to go from assistant coach to head coach. I mean, th- to me, that's it's such a different per- like relationship with the players. Like I feel like as an assistant coach, like you can be boys with the players to an extent, like not saying like all the way, but like you're allowed to have a little leniency or like you're kind of like the cool parent a little bit. And then I feel like once you're head coach, like all that goes away. Like you have to be the hardo, You have to be the tough guy. Like you can't boy up with the players anymore. Um, and, you know, he's been an assistant his whole career. And and now he's in this situation that, you know, careful what you wish for type deal. And it's just like a nightmare. And again, not defending how he, that quote, because I had the same thought you did, Channy. But this whole situation is just like it's unfair to him. It's unfair to us as fans, the players, it just all sucks.
1: Yeah, no. And you hit the nail on the head there, Frank, where like, if you're an assistant or a position coach, you're a little more of a player's coach and you're kind of, you're not their friend, but you're a little more buddy, buddy with the team. And you got your little, you got your small group of guys that you're tight with on the team. And then when you move into that head coaching position, like you're the drill sergeant, you got to keep things in order. You're got to sail the ship and like, you got to you got to run a tight ship especially when you're coming up to play your biggest game of the year against your arch rivalry and and you're not fucking hitting the nail on the head with with the little stuff that that Chandler mentioned like you got to be all in especially if you're you know and, and he got thrown into a shitty situation where it was the coach got fired for all the crazy bullshit well it's not bullshit but the crazy stuff that he got fired for so it's not like he was jumping into a situation where the guy had to step away because of a medical reason or something like that you know he was taking over a dumpster fire um and and everything was just bad news coming into that situation for him but at the end of the day you're the head coach you got to fill in you got to run the ship tight and do, and put your best foot forward to beat your arch rival in the state
0: yeah, we absolutely didn't do that. We didn't even, we did nothing. There was like, we no. put up zero. There the was game zero was over fight. in
1: the first quarter. It sucked. The offense was fucking pathetic. Like I know the the defense got tore up, but like when you go three and out the entire fucking game, your defense doesn't get off the field. That's what you're going to get.
0: Yeah. And, and for, I mean, just, I was like kind of just taking this, like the game in for a moment, you know, like when we're down, whatever, like a billion to whatever it is. And you got the interim head coach on the sidelines and they're wearing these like black jerseys that they've never worn before. Um, I was just like, I just pray we look back at this in like two to five years. And we're like, that was that was rock bottom. Like, remember how shitty that was? Like, I was just like painting this vision of like, like the picture of that game. Like, I don't know if they'll ever wear those black jerseys again. Like, have no points on the board. Hopefully not. Yeah, like, I just kind of had the thought, like, you know, you think of teams when they were bad, like, I think of the Lions in their in their black jerseys, like, you see those, you're like, oh, God, those teams sucked, like, yeah. and I think, like, we're going to see pictures of that in the future, and be like, oh, God, remember when we wore those, like, and what was going on with the program at that time?
2: I think it's rock bottom, I think it's rock bottom since John L, and there's only one way to go from here is up. And you got to find a great coach this offseason. That's what everything hinges on. Like, this season is dead. Like, you threw the dirt on the grave, spit on it, and pissed on it this week. And This season is dead. I will say this, though. I will say this. I'm not sure Michigan would have beat us if they weren't cheating and stealing signs.
0: <laughs> valid point. Very valid. Let's talk about that. All right, so state blows, we get it. We're in the gutter, we're trash, we stink. We let Chandler just said like we pissed on ourselves or something like that. So, we fucking suck and we get it. To everyone who's a Michigan fan out there, we fucking know, all right? But also, holy shit, there's a fire brewing in Ann Arbor, and I'm trying not to sound too excited about it, but the evidence every day is mounting and mounting and mounting. Um against these Michigan Wolverines, John Harbaugh, his whole staff. Um, so, the one time we touched on this, I think it was you and me, Lou, last like a week ago. And I remember I've poo pooed it. Like, I just thought it was nothing. I really did think it was nothing. I was like, okay, so what? They got some, they got some intern with a phone at a game and he might have filmed it, but like, who cares? Like, one, who cares? Number two, like, this stuff doesn't affect Michigan. This this stuff never comes down on Michigan, right? And that was my initial thought. And then you start seeing more reports, more credible reporters, more credible, like, news headlines with this. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it's like, oh, shit, Michigan might not be able to, like, hide from this one.
2: Yeah, they, they seem like they were trying to hide it, which makes it more suspicious because on the surface, I don't think it's a crazy big deal. I know it is a rule per se. And that's the big problem is you're breaking the rule and you're kind of hiding it by buying tickets for certain people and doing it discreetly. So that's where I think the gray area comes from. And that's where the perception and everything looks bad is not that they most people don't think the rule might not be dumb or whatever or whatever. But like, they're trying to hide it, and, like, more is leaking out, and then an additional layer is leaking out. And, like, they're not giving the full story, whereas if they came out on the front end, I think they would have saved face a lot better. But somehow information keeps leaking, um, and it's, but, it, it's just interesting.
0: Yeah, but to me, that almost says, like, they didn't get in front of it because it runs really deep, and I feel like that's what we're learning. So let's, let's just back up for a second for people who might not fully – know what's going on i guess this is you know sort of our jobs to like tell you guys if, if you're listening for that but basically connor stallions what it's stallions right yeah mm-hmm. i've never heard it said out loud but uh stallions he is like a recruiting what do we even what's his t- specialist support staff recruiting <laughs> yeah. coordinator
1: i think it was yeah
0: so over the past three years uh they have financial records of him buying tickets to over 30 games across the big 10 and a couple in the big 12 and the sec uh basically they accuse him of going to these games sitting in the crowd and filming the future michigan opponent's sideline to get all of their offensive and defensive sideline signals um obviously takes that footage back to the university of michigan they study all that and then they steal their signs for the upcoming game versus Michigan, um, and there is like a lot of damning evidence about this that keeps mounting. Uh, it's confirmed he bought all the tickets uh, in his own name. He's been Venmoing people about the tickets. Uh, it's come out now that he was actually he
1: actually seems kind of like nuts. He seems nuts dude. Yeah they're talking about like his like 600 page manifesto that he written up that he had written saying like how he was going to eventually be the coach at Michigan and how he was going to run the program and all this stuff he was going to do and then they saw those pictures on the sideline where he is literally next to Harbaugh. He's next to Jay Harbaugh He's next to uh I think it's Peterson, the the running back coach and the defensive coordinator for all Giannis. these series where yeah, where he's talking to them in between. And then the one photo even has like all of Ohio State's hand signals on it that was taken. Um and they confirmed that, that a lot of that was their signals as well. And and a like a lot of these coaches are are coming out and saying like Matt Rule and PJ Fleck and, and Deion Sanders. You know, that sign stealing is part of the game, which is I totally understand where it's like they have guys that are looking across the stadium at these guys. But are they having people go to other games outside of there that they're paying to videotape the sideline and pick up these signals is is the question, right?
0: Right. I mean, that's where like, the legality comes in, right? It's like, so if you go to a game two weeks before you play an opponent, you get all their signals, you have two weeks to prepare, laminate it, put it in a booklet, educate the whole program on it. I mean, that's a clear advantage, and that's my understanding of why the rule is there. Obviously, you can steal signs in the game, but that's, takes. it's a lot harder, it's a lot quicker to turn around, like, you can't, it's not a whole system and an education thing, and, like, you can't create signals to combat their signals, and you can clearly see that at least it seems allegedly in that one video where Stroud looks to the sideline to call the audible. You see the recruiting hand, the recruiter guys hand go up stallions and then the whole sideline shoots their hand up and then they have a signal on their side and they change the whole defensive play.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's um, it's one of those things where uh, rules are rules are rules are rules, right? Like it, it, if, Every other team can't do it, but you're doing it. That's a competitive advantage. You're breaking the rules, whether it's big, small, whether it's a dumb rule, whether it's not. It's not a level playing field. You know, I thought about it today when I was uh, prepping for this, and I'm like, think of how many schools and players got hurt for way less severe things that they did on or off the field. Reggie Bush has his damn Heisman taken away because he took money to put his family up and he spent money outside of the football facilities. He didn't take steroids. He didn't have a competitive advantage. He literally took money to help his family and to help himself during college, and they took the Heisman away for that. This is an uneven playing field. And again, I think the rule is stupid. I think a lot of this is stupid, but rules are rules. And you broke rules to get a competitive advantage from what it seems like is coming out. We have to wait and hear the full story.
0: Okay, well, I I do have a question, though, because, like, to me, it doesn't seem that stupid, like, and I, this could be just my misunderstanding of, like, how football games are prepped for, but, like, I get, like, if you play a team twice in a season, like, having different signals for both those games, you know, because they could, they could film from their sideline during your game and then prepare for the second time they play them. Obviously, I know this is college football. You don't really play teams twice, but like that does, like are teams changing their signals every week. Like, is they that, should.
2: I, I don't see they, why you, did you say them?
0: they should or shouldn't.
2: I said they should be. I think every team should stay fresh during the season. I'm not saying that this has anything to do with Michigan and breaking the rules, but if I'm a coach, I'm not relaying the same signals. We all played baseball. I remember growing up, we didn't have the same take signals, steal signals. We rotated those at a high school level. Now, right. now we're talking about a Division One collegiate football level, and you're not having a couple sets of signals and not staggering them for bigger and smaller games. That's a little user error, in my opinion. And at the same time, it's, it's mutually exclusive from what Michigan did and the rules that they broke.
0: And that I guess that's what I'm trying to understand is like I I understand like breaking like you know fucking breaking the rules is breaking the rules like I'm trying to look at it as like how I actually feel about what they did like I know it's not like a Houston Astros situation where it's like you know fastball curveball those are kind of all the same signals no matter what like that's a little different uh New England Patriots like filming practices and shit obviously that's like way heavier than this as well i guess i'm just trying to like fully understand where i stand about like yeah this is like illegal and i'm pissed off or this is illegal like just you know they broke a technicality type deal and just to me it just sounds like you know it sounds like the way college football is run and how teams prepare and everything they must keep the same signals or use a lot of the same stuff or I don't know. But I, but it does seem like this was like a huge competitive advantage. If it's causing this much of an uproar.
2: There's an easy fix to all this. Do what the NFL does. Allow the headsets in the helmets of the quarterback and the defensive captain or whatnot. You then don't have to relay in signals. It's so archaic that they don't have that yet in the collegiate game. So that's why you have to relay in signals. That's why you have to put up the boards with four different pictures on it. Allow the headsets, allow the O coordinators and head coach to talk to the quarterback and the D coordinator and coach to talk to the defensive captain. And guess what? Then you don't have any problems with
0: signals. And it's like a budget
2: thing, right? Right. That's what they say. It's a budget thing, but these schools are making nine figures a year.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and forget about that. Just the NCAA in general, like just cover the radio sets for the schools. You know, I don't know. I don't have a solution cause I don't know as much as I probably should, but, um, I just, that's what I've been trying to like navigate is just like, okay, it, they did something illegal without a doubt, like by the rule book from what it seems, it looks like they did something illegal. I'm trying to figure out the extent of like how bad this was, um, but it does seem like, I mean, if every team was able to do this, you know, they had a full-fledged, like, system going. I mean, we're seeing the, the laminations and, like, the budgets for it and the scheduling. I mean, they knew this was illegal and it wasn't like they sent a guy in with his iPhone to, to prepare for one big game. I mean, right. this, was, this was part of the, the program.
1: Right. And then they were playing dumb, like the coaching staff saying that they had no idea this guy was out there doing this all on his own. They weren't part of this ring. And now it's coming out that they had a full set schedule for him for for games later this year, a budget put aside for it. You know, this whole plan of making sure he was there videotaping on the sidelines, feeding this information back to the coaching staff.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's bad.
1: It's bad. We we will see what happens with it because we've heard and we've seen the hand caught in the cookie jar with them before and it's been nothing more than a slap on the wrist.
0: What does suck for Michigan, no matter how you feel about the situation, and you know, I know us three are Sparties and we've been getting dragged for the last three years, so it's not like we are I'm not gonna lie, it's not like we're completely distraught over this whatsoever. But uh if you're a Michigan fan, like this bell is never gonna be like unrung. Even if it all went away tomorrow and some NCAA judge like waved a one and there was some like they did nothing wrong or were changing the rule or whatever it is, like this is already like I feel like the damage is almost already done because everyone's gonna put an asterisk by whatever they do this year. I yep. agree. Tough, tough, tough stuff. we'll
1: we see how that shakes out.
0: Um, but it does you know-
1: like every day a new
0: article comes out like and I thought today was the weirdest one where this Stallions guy seems to have a crazy obsession with the University of Michigan and had a 15 year plan called the Michigan Manifesto over 600 pages long about how he was going to build the program. Um, that's fucking crazy to me.
1: Little yeah, outfits. it's like
0: serial killer shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's, you know, he he bought the tickets to Penn State, Ohio State for both sides of the stadium. I have seen some very funny spin zones, though, from, like, Michigan fans who are actually handling it, I feel like, well. They're just like, he was. he bought two tickets to every game because he's a veteran and he was buying them to veterans. And then people are like, well, then why didn't he go to Penn State, Ohio State? And he's like, well, he left the seats empty to honor to honor those who have fallen for this country, a true <laughs> patriot.
1: Huh. They're going to need some more of those memes cooked up here in the next couple of days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Twitter's been fun. Um, something else that has been fun. Are you guys good on Michigan?
1: Yeah, I'm all set. All
0: right. Let's move into something that's been Actually, more fun, no cheating fun, no dirty fun. Uh, our Detroit Red Wings off to the hottest start that they've had in a very long time. 5-1-1, one and one, second place in the Atlantic. Dylan Larkin, Alex Dobrinkit leading the NHL in points and goals. Um, this has been fucking awesome to watch this start of the season. thought you were going to say something there Lou. Uh the so I said last week the Red Wings after they started like 2 and 1 that they were going to have a little bit of a not a tough stretch but like a a stretch that would test them and I really wanted to see how they would do. And in that in look in that four games they had the Penguins, the Senators and the Flames uh and then the Kraken. Three of those games were at home but uh, handled the Penguins at home with ease, really took care of them. Six to three. Veteran team that's had our goose for a long time. We proved we can beat them. Biggest game of the week since we last spoke was that Ottawa Senators game. They fed us our fucking lunch last year for two games. They literally forced us into selling at the deadline. Ottawa fucking hates us because we got Alex to brink it. We hate Ottawa because they, f- they fed us the lunch last year. We go in there. DeBrinket showered with booze the entire game. What do we do? We fucking pound them in their own barn, five to two. They run away with their tail in between their legs. Then the next day, we got to fly back to Detroit, play a five o'clock game versus the Flames. Not a terrible team. We fucking beat the shit out of them. DeBrinkett scores three goal, three more goals for his for his first hat trick as a Red Wing, six to two there, and then. <laughs> Last night, we lose in overtime to the Kraken in an absolutely chaotically entertaining game uh, that we we should have won. But, man, to go three out of four in those games with an overtime loss, taking points in the last six of our games, the Detroit Red Wings are fucking
1: hot. Absolutely, dude. And, and we've scored, besides the Columbus game that we shut them out, we've scored five or more goals in every single game this year. We are piping at will. DeBrinket scores again at the end of the third last night to tie the game up and take it to overtime. I mean, it's this is the most fun I've had watching the Red Wings in a in a really long time. And let's not forget about the the play that really changed the whole game last night against the Kraken. One of the worst missed calls ever, where he fucking throws his stick across the ice. Not like barely lets it go. He launched that thing about ten to seven yards across the ice to stop a one timer.
0: Dude, and it was like uh, it clearly hindered a goal-scoring opportunity.
1: I like that
0: was that was that reminded me of being a kid playing street hockey. Like 100%. you get all pissed off, or whatever you throw the stick, like it was legal because like that was the house rules or whatever. Like I have not, I don't know if I've ever seen that in the NHL. I've seen it like angrily on an empty net shot where they just give the goal, but I've never seen it like in a live game like that. And then. For it to be completely missed, I was just, I was fucking dumbfounded.
1: Yeah. And I did see that the official went up to Lalonde after the second and like apologized for what it's worth, but it's like Buddy was standing in the corner watching the play in front of the net and, and like it's impossible for him not to see a stick being thrown that far on a wide open backdoor one-timer, mind you.
0: Well what made it worse is Kraken picked it up, went the other way and scored. It was a full two goal swing, which put yeah. us down three to one to end the second period. I like De getting in the ref's ear. It was good to see him kind of, you know, take a leadership role there. Kraken go up three to one. And the reason I really wanted this game to win is because every game we've won, we've just had we've blown them out, truly. Like we've had a lead from the beginning and it never really got close and we won the game. Mm-hmm. I love seeing us being down three to one in the third burying three goals to take the lead four to three really wanted to close that game out. Um, you know, I gotta be honest, Larkins played awesome and he scored a huge goal last night to tie it up. Uh, he had a pretty poor end of the game there. Uh, I think, I mean, he would admit that he got that really shitty penalty at the end of regulation. And then in overtime, he just looked completely gassed. Um, I thought he needed to give us a little more juice, um, at the end there. And I don't know
1: who it was before Larkin, but we basically finished the third period off on a four-minute fucking penalty kill. We got a two-minute right before Larkin got his, and then the last two minutes of the game, Larkin went to the box, and it was like, all right, they're just fucking peppering us at will. Eventually, I guess something's got to give, you know?
0: Yeah, and that just sucked. They tied it with, like, a minute 30 left, and then in overtime they won with five minutes left, which was just like fucking Raymond hits the inside of the post. It doesn't go in. He's been a little bit snake bitten to start the year. Uh, and then they take it the other way, and it was just chaos. Like, I think it was Comfer like getting getting yeah, leg humbled. Yeah, mauled, leg humped in the fucking corner there. Moe's a little slow to get back, and then he doesn't commit to taking the pass or the shot. He kind of just like hesitates on it. And then Raymond was just so gassed getting out of the corner that he didn't cover his man, and that just that sucked because the Wings deserve, I don't know if they deserve to win that game, but they should have won that game when it was all said and done, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Nonetheless, they showed a lot of fucking dog in that game after giving up three goals in the second period and making the comeback in the third, you know, like you said. So it it's a fun team to watch and and we're only going to go up from here and, you know, kind of looking ahead a little bit, it looks like we got Winnipeg tomorrow, who's a 500 team, And then we got a fucking absolute juggernaut Saturday taking on Boston in the Garden, who's undefeated so far this year. Um, And then it looks like we buzz over to New York and take on the Islanders Monday. And then I will be attending my first Red Wings game next Thursday at home against the Panthers. Excited uh, for that one.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. uh, Dude, yeah, Saturday at Boston, that's going to be a real test. We're going to find out real quick if we're a, an actual
1: team. Pretenders or not, right? Yeah,
0: a couple of last notes on the Wings. Um, Just some exciting stuff here. Like I said, Wings are second in the Atlantic with 11 points. it has nine goals, leads the league. Uh, Larkin's got 14 points. He leads the league. Um, The Wings have 34 goals for, 20 against. Pretty solid. I think Huso is a solidified number one goaltender. I think he's been playing pretty great. Uh, Justin Hall, he got dogged by Toronto media, got absolutely dragged. Everyone hated that we signed him. Boring player. He's plus eight. His fucking plus minus is like top three in the NHL right now. So boring players, uh, we like them here. You know, they seem to revive their careers here. Uh Derek Lalonde, head coach, they, like, asked him what he thought of the late start time, and he kind of threw, like, a little fit about it. Like, we started at 8.23 last night because of the frozen frenzy or whatever. Most yeah. games start at 7 o'clock, latest 7.30, and he was like, I, I hate it. This is ridiculous. The fans work hard. They shouldn't have to deal with this. And it was like, it was one game. Like, I don't know, man. Just take a breather. Like, <laughs> right. we're, five, we're five and one. Just, like, we're not, if we win a few cups, then you can motherfuck anything the league does. <laughs> um, that's just kind of I just thought that was like an odd little little thing, and also like everyone's calling him newsy now, like that's his nickname and i I just like I'm not there yet I don't know if I'm there or how I feel about calling him him newsy, like his name's Derek lalone, and i just i'm not i don't know if I'm at Newsy yet I need a few more dubs
1: yeah, I hear you and hey speaking of the frozen friendly, I know I sent this frozen friendly friend. frozen friendly the frozen <laughs> frenzy i uh So I put in, I know we we sprayed the board and put in uh, some action on that one. I didn't pick every single game, but I did pick about seven or eight. I took Ottawa, Carolina, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Islanders, Red Wings, Blackhawks. Every single game I lost. Not one (laughs) of them
2: came in.
1: I swear to God. Dude. Uh, out of um, all if i would have if i would have completely faded every game i would have hit for like 13 to 12 g's <laughs> <laughs> dude,
0: dude. dude if dude if you're a sports book and people are taking money line hockey parlays like you should at least like get like five bucks <laughs> if you miss them all I mean, dude, that's, that's hard to do that's fucking hard to do man I took like every hours. single game. I took uh, – I Moneyline parlayed every single game. Profit boosted it. It was $5 to win 260000 And I never wanted anything more in my life, and it was like over by the second game. Yeah. I, I, went, I, went eight, I went eight for 16, clean down the middle.
2: <laughs> oh, hey. Better than me. P- Pizzo, you <sighs> should have got that Keno payout. You hit zero of them, you get a little bit back. Yeah, you know, any, I, I would have
1: taken anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A free fan dual blanket or some shit.
2: <laughs> All right. Stop All right. Stop <laughs> All right. To the other Detroit team that's starting their season today. Actually, right now as we speak, talking about the Detroit Pistons, much improved year over year. We get our number one overall pick, Kate Cunningham, back. We build with Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duren, and we add a lot of new pieces to the puzzle. Biggest one being Monty Williams, first-year coach for the Pistons, who obviously had taken the Phoenix Suns to the finals. So, um, Lou, I know we kind of talked about it earlier before the show. Expectations, thoughts uh, on the Pistons this year and, and what you're excited to see here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I... To be honest with you, I still don't think this is a playoff team yet, but I am excited about the new coach 100%. It's nice to have a championship coach in the building. A huge year for Cade coming off injury. Um, add in some pieces with, it looks like a sewer Thompson is going to be a lot better than people gave him credit for at during the draft. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll say even myself, I was like, what the fuck, you know, but we did get kind of boned on the, on the fifth overall, but he's looked a lot better. Always been a fan of beef stew, Isaiah Stewart, um, and Jalen Duran. So I think it's going to be an exciting year. I do think we are still going to fall a little short of the playoffs, Um, but I am looking forward to the season this year.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I I think I've said it the last two years, but this team's going to be so much better the second half of the year than the first half because Cade and Jay, you know, Ivy haven't played together yet. Um, Right. They haven't meshed together. They don't know they're two ball dominant guards. They don't know how they're going to play, how they're going to flow with each other, who's going to take the ball up when, how frequently. So there's going to be a learning curve between Cade and obviously Jaden Ivey. Um, but I, I do like some of the things that they did around those two because neither of those guys are knockdown three-point shooters, and you do have to have three-point shooters in today's NBA. Bojan Bogdanovic, he's hurt right now 41% from three last year. Alex Burks, who was on the team last year, shot 41% from deep. And then you add one of the better modern-day three-point snipers, Mr. Joe Harris, 43% three-point career shooting percentage. I like how they got that so that they can spread the floor for Cade and Ivy to penetrate. Um, But I agree with you, Lou. I think it's going to be a huge win if we can get a 10 seed and get into that final spot as the play-in but one more year away before you have to start expecting it although regardless of their record they're going to be a fun team to watch and they're going to be a competitive team in the majority of their games this year
1: yep i agree and and i'm excited for for Duran and honestly like need need Wiseman to step up this year and bagley off the bench and and, and have some presence down low in the paint uh for this team to go anywhere. But but like you said, dude, I'm I'm jacked about the Joe Harris pickup. I do love poppers. Everyone knows that. Huge three ball guy.
0: So wait. So Kate is a hundred percent back, right? Like he's we got him for the season. Like we're feeling good. We're good to go. Like, you know, cause I'm very novice fan, as you guys know, I'm a very bandwagon pistons fan. I'll watch them early on. As soon as they start stinking, I usually fade, you know, I'm like Homer fading into the bushes. Uh but, you know, you give me something to watch, I'll check them out. And I actually forgot that we only won, like, 17 games last year, something like that. I think uh, we were
2: – I got it up, up here. We were 23 and 69. sixty-five. No, oh. 17 and 65 last oh, okay. year. Okay.
1: <laughs> Where are you getting your maybe numbers? I, got the, I don't know.
2: I got, maybe I got the wrong year.
1: I got 23 and 59. <laughs> Did you throw your back out trying to find those numbers?
0: <laughs> um, so, I mean, even winning, like, 30 games – is like doubling what we did did last year and i was just kind of listening to you guys there so to get that 10th seed of the play in game cavs and hornets last year 43 44 games you know so that would be a that would be a huge leap to get into that that 10 seed almost and just what i've read you know basically just as like a reader processing information as opposed to watching the team and having my own opinions is uh that we're looking in that 30 range of of wins
2: Yeah, I think that's a good number to have. I'd like to see a little push towards the mid-30s. You know, we talk about, you know, Cade Cunningham, former number one overall pick. I think he's going to be an all-star either this year, if not this year, next year. Like, that's a cornerstone player, and I believe he takes a big step this year in doing so. It's funny, I just pulled up the live box score first seven minutes of the season. He's already got nine points for us. Um, Another interesting thing that I just pulled up, Jaden Ivey did not start. Killian Hayes started alongside Cade Cunningham. So that's another interesting point. I just talked about the backcourt and how they'd mesh. Surprising to see Killian Hayes start over Jaden Ivey and good to see Cade Cunningham dropping nine points in the first seven minutes of the season.
0: Alright, I got more I got more questions for you guys. Killian Hayes, I feel like is one of the more polarizing players in Detroit sports. I feel like when I get into Pistons Twitter, there are people who defend him to the death, and there are a lot of people who want him thrown in a meat grinder. Uh where are you guys with that? And like what is the what are, what's the deal behind all that?
2: I mean, I think he's he's not, he's not going to get resigned and we should not resign him. He's not that good. Um, you know, I just don't think he ever evolved his game. He never, he never grew. He was kind of raw coming out and he hasn't really honed those skills yet. Um, he's, he's a better three point shooter, but he's not great. Um, it's funny. I kind of compare him to like a Jameson Williams, a high pick that had talent, but like What are you doing to grow on that talent? Like, how are you getting better day over day, week over week, month over month? I don't see it with him. Um, I'm kind of in the camp of who cares? Let it play out. Let him do what he needs to do and just let him walk. But I still think he should be in our rotation. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's unplayable. I just think he's a 15 to 20 minute a night guy. Is he a Weaver guy? Yes. Yes. That was Weaver's first pick. It was Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart, I believe, was his first draft. Gotcha. So yeah, that's that's yeah, my I'm take. with you,
1: Chandler. I'm not big on him at all. Like I would rather have Ivory get in the reps and, and keep him, you know, have Hayes coming off the bench every once in a while. I'd even rather had Cave Cunningham running the point than him. Um I, I say get rid of him.
0: Um, I'm just looking at the Pistons box score and I forgot uh Jimmy Butler's got this like emo hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild. Oh, it's yeah. like
2: hilarious, dude. Well, talk about getting thrown in the meat grinder opening night at Miami, defending Eastern Conference champions. Like you're gonna learn a lot about yourself real quickly here tonight.
0: Yeah. Um to to further expand on the, the meat grinder, uh I, the one thing I can comment on is the the um city edition jerseys is that what they're called yeah mm-hmm. um that was that was the craziest, shittiest collection of garbage I've ever seen Nike come out with in my life um <laughs> I looked at all the jerseys, pretty much all of them are garbage like I truly can't believe that they produce those jerseys that are gonna like proudly represent them i I thought from top to bottom. If you guys haven't seen them, just google 2023 city connect jerseys. They're they're the worst things I've ever seen of of all the
1: teams. No, I thought they were terrible, Frank. I know we were talking about it in the chat like the Los Angeles Lakers ones were horrible, Cleveland's were terrible, Denver Nuggets ones were laughable, and I honestly the the Indianapolis or the the Pacers ones were fucking brutal. There was maybe the 5 or
2: 6 that were good and other than that they were shit. They they're, they're really like bad. This Denver one, they have 5280 on the front with a number also on the front. And it's like dark blue mountains on a black jersey.
0: Yes, and it's like they put their altitude on the front of the jersey. <laughs>
1: And that, yeah, look at the Lakers ones, Chandler. It's like loss, and then a, and then the N is the point in Angeles. It makes no sense, and like a V. They, they, yeah. I, I mean, they were some of the worst jerseys I've seen come out of the NBA, bar none. The
0: Pistons like kind of dipped their toe in a bad boys look, but it, but it looks like this is like what you get at Kmart as a kid. Like, like it's not a Pistons sanctioned jersey like it doesn't have the official NBA license so you like get it as like a uh like a you know like a freebie somewhere
2: <laughs> the first 10,000 fans get that jersey Atlanta's is just ATL
0: in Times
1: New Roman that's all it is I'm still trying to figure out Memphis Grizzlies ones too it's just like three lines horizontal three lines <laughs> vertical like and
2: hymorphics. then <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck is
1: that? it's like a qr
0: code <laughs> dude and then look at indies like if you have these pulled up indiana pacers seriously those jerseys look like if like double dare or guts yes worked. like
1: a 90s so... fucking game show yes like the
0: blue barracudas would wear 100%. those for,
1: for a basketball <laughs> challenge
0: yeah these like, are awful Dude, Milwaukee's are the colors of
2: of uh, the Timberwolves. How about like the? How about the the Wizards? Yeah, what were they the trying to do with orange that? Orange and gray. <laughs> what is going on? Dude, these are, are the worst. They tried to fuck with you. They tried the furthest colors from their actual team colors to put on these jerseys. I could. I we could do a special. A fizz
0: special, and I could talk about every one of these jerseys for like 10 minutes each, just dusting them up. <laughs> Phillies say city of brotherly love like off centered. Like, and the word brotherly is the biggest word. Like, I don't even, I don't <laughs> understand. There's one that just, oh, you just were talking about watches. They say, di- you didn't even mention, they just say district. Yeah. <laughs> the district. word district is the biggest word. does that connect to the city city editions, big district dude these are fucking terrible like denver's like we said they have the altitude on it then the number above the numbers
2: i mean it looks like you're you're in a marathon that's what the the denver one looks like (laughs) it looks like you have your race number on your front and then you got your little number on your patch
0: (laughs) dude the heat say heat culture why The, the word culture is bigger than the word heat
2: so I don't you're fucking no. So you're saying like keep keep the regular jerseys. We should like,
0: yeah, we should find a punishment where someone has to buy one of these, and wear it <laughs> to a game, <laughs> and insult and paint their face. <laughs> I'm disgusted. I don't. I I love Nike, and I think they come out with the coolest fucking shit. I own a lot of Nike stuff, and this is just pathetic. Might as well have gave it to fanatics.
2: Embarrassing joke joke all right well i know we wanted to get into predictions but i don't want this to last forever either so Piso, i know you got something cooking up for us don't you i do i
1: got a little a little game action here if you boys want to take a little break from the sports
0: break me off buttercup
1: how's that sound boys so we're gonna ride with uh with a little game called made in detroit so I got five celebrity, it can be a celebrity, a personality, an athlete of somebody that was born in the state of Michigan and, uh, and made it to the, uh, the superstardom level. Uh, I got three, I got about four, some of them five clues of who this person is. The first clue being the hardest one, and then they kind of get easier as time goes on. So I'll read off the clue to you guys. You tell me if you have any idea who it is after the clue, and then I'll move on to the next one.
0: All right, and we're just cool. barking these out, right?
1: Yeah, just let it fly. This is casual. Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep it cash. All right. So we'll go with the first one here. I was born in Birmingham, Michigan, and moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, when I was four. In November of 2000, this is—I fu- thought this was just funny. In November of 2000, I was attacked by my assistant Skippy while I was sleeping. He used a stun gun on me and broke into my home. I ended up getting into the bathroom with the shotgun to chase him out.
0: Oh, okay. This sounds familiar.
1: Any ideas yet? No, keep going.
0: Wait, Okay. wait, it's, um, is it Kristen Bell? Nope. Okay. All
1: right. I acted in my first movie in 1987. It was Police Academy 4. My first big film was Coneheads in 93, and I was a star on SNL in the 90s.
2: Oh, my God. I know who. Um,
1: I got one more clue, but I'll let you guys take a second to guess. Is it
2: Belushi? Nope. Aykroyd? Nope.
1: What the That's fuck? What I, thought
2: it was. I thought it was Dan Aykroyd. No, it's not them. Okay. One right, more.
1: Last one. I rocked a mullet in one of the best films I ever made. David Spade. David Spade,
2: bingo. fucking A. the attack, David Spade? That's Skippy right. David Spade with the stun gun. Holy shit. I like That's how you're, like, reading it like this person wrote into the fizz. <laughs> I oh, they a, did. They sent like, me these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David
0: Spade. He's got, like, a new show called, uh, it looks like one of those shitty, like, network TV game shows, but I'm kind of intrigued by it. Have you guys seen it? It's called Snake Oil? No. No.
1: Intrigued by the name, that's it.
0: Yeah, I like the name. (laughs) Yeah, you're right.
1: Oh, man.
0: All
2: right, right. that was
0: good. That was good. I I had like 12 guesses, but we almost, yeah.
1: Good, good.
2: How about me and Frank each get one guess, and we've got to beat it. We have to to time it. Or
0: at least, yeah, or at least, uh, like, if I guess once, I can't guess again until you guess, Chandler. Correct. All
1: right. All right, deal. All right, next one. I was born in June of 1980 in Detroit Michigan and I went to Central High School. Originally I attended Michigan State to play football for Saban and basketball for Izzo as a dual athlete but Saban wouldn't let me do both sports so I transferred to Eastern to play basketball then I transferred to a junior college in California before I ended up playing basketball at Kent State. Antonio Gates. That's Antonio Gates. You got it, Chandler. Nice. Nice. So the the other clues were, after being told I was a tweener in the NBA, I arranged a workout in front of NFL scouts. Uh, As many as 19, 19 teams wanted me, and I was signed to an NFL team undrafted free agent in California. Last clue was my son is currently a student athlete at Michigan State, who is Antonio Gates. I don't think I knew any of that. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that he never played a down of college football.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I had no clue. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. That's crazy.
1: Um. righty, next one. So Chandler got that one. Uh, I was born in Bay City, Michigan in August of 1958, later moved to Rochester Hills, where my dad was an employee for Chrysler. Madonna got it that's it no way (laughs) 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 fucking money (laughs) oh yeah so the the next clue was i received a dance scholarship from u of m later dropped out and moved to new york with only 35 dollars in my pocket later hooked up with dan gilroy and started our first band called the breakfast club where she sang played drums and played guitar and then the last I, two definitely gave it away was uh, 38 top 10 hits in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s known as the Queen of Pop.
0: Damn, I didn't know she was
1: banging the drums. Oh, she was banging, banging Dan and the drums. <laughs> All right. Show some right, Next one. I was born in June of 1970 in Livonia, Michigan, attended Franklin High School. My dad got me into hockey when I was seven years old. Due to me causing problems and fights at school. Due to Wrong, Chandler. I ended up making my AAA midget major team when I was 14, when the rest of the team was 16 or 17 years old. We later ended up winning the USA Hockey national title, where I posted 50 goals and 50 assists that season.
2: I know who it is. I think I know who it is. You want another clue?
1: I don't want to give up my guess, yeah. Okay. All right, at 16, I joined the Prince Albert Raiders of Saskatchewan and had a hat trick my very first game. Is it Darren McCarty? Nope. Fuck. Mike
2: Madano. Mike Madano is oh, correct. Oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, and fucking, I'm an
0: idiot. McCarty's
2: from,
0: <laughs> uh, McCarty's from Windsor.
1: McCarty's yeah. from Windsor. I'm a yeah. moron. Yeah, the last two were my favorite athletes growing up were Ted Lindsay and Gordie Howe. I was drafted in the first round and inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2014. Nice. Fucking All Madonna right, is such a legend. I think this one's pretty good. Uh, this is the last one. All right. I was born in July of 1968 in Flint, Michigan, where I took flute lessons for eight years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't this can't just look. was born, born in 68, took flute lessons for eight years. Yep. Yes, right sir. from the rip. Okay, That's right it.
1: off the Ruper. <laughs> I went to Western Michigan on an art scholarship. Where I later walked onto to the football team. Nothing. I was drafted by the LA Rams in the eleventh round in 1991. Oh. Go ahead. Keep going. I retired from the NFL in ninety seven and pursued a career in acting. Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz is correct. Fuck. I
0: was gonna say of um, the tool man.
1: <laughs> oh t- <laughs> timmy
0: yeah I, mean, I was like damn i didn't know really he balled out
1: yeah and then the last clue was i ended up having key roles in movies such as white chicks friday after next in the longest yard who
0: is terry cruz i heard terry cruz was like one audition away from quitting acting i mean i feel like you hear those stories a lot but i i read something that he was like ready to give up the dream and went to one more audition and it was uh it was uh what was he? Was it Scary Movie where he was like, "What was his like?" It was like a silly fucking movie. He like broke. Was it like White Chicks or something like that? Where he he like broke
1: out in a role. White that Chicks was, funny? was like his first. Like yeah, yeah. White Chicks was was hilarious. You've seen that, right?
0: Yes, and I think that was the first time like we saw him type deal.
1: Yeah. And then, well, they said that he, the first, he like co-wrote and co-produced a movie called Young Boys Incorporated. And it was like a fucking terrible movie. It was a huge flop. And I think that's where it came up where he was like kind of ready to call it quits. And then he got casted in a couple things and then White Chicks blew up for him. And then he kind of, then he got into Old Spice and he did like. And then the
2: rest was history. Yep. That's
1: funny. those are uh, those are your made-in-Detroit superstars. That was good. I like that. That was a good game. Yeah, pretty cool. I learned a lot of stuff about those people I had no idea about, too. Yeah, I don't think I would have got
0: most of them. I mean, on those surface-level clues, like, I couldn't even sniff out Mike Madonna with a free guess. So
1: Yeah, I thought you would be all over that one for sure.
0: Yeah, well, fuck me, I wasn't. All right, so let's move on to—that was a good game. Congrats, Chandler, you beat me, and good game, Pizzo. Thank you. Good job. Good work, boys. Let's move on. Yeah, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Briefly touch on the disaster that was week seven. Let's look ahead to week eight, and then we can close with some over-under and call it episode 125. So our Detroit Lions boys obviously made me sick as hell to the point where I couldn't even record. They put me on my ass for the last three days. Chandler, kudos to you. You were the only one in our group to call it. Uh you predicted us losing this game. You said it was going to be a tough matchup. It was more than that. They mopped the floor with us. This game felt like the Carolina Panthers game from last year. It was a fucking nightmare to start watching that game.
2: Yeah, they didn't look good at all. This is the NFL though. Um and what we need to do is what Aaron Rodgers always used to say. Relax. We're all good. This happens in the NFL. This happens to a team that, let's just be honest, they haven't proven anything yet. They haven't made the playoffs with this nucleus. They haven't made the playoffs in years. This is what's going to happen when you start to ascend. You're going to have some bumps. You're going to have some setbacks. But this team is on the right path. I hear everyone nervous about J-Mo like that wasn't a problem before. I hear everyone nervous about the D-line, the corners, the secondary situation. Re lax it's one game we've looked really good in four and a half games outside of this game our only other bad half was the second half against Seattle so everyone's just got to calm down this is what happens in the NFL Baltimore is not like a two and four team like they are a good team and a good franchise and they play tough at home so for us to lose a game like that now, did I want to see something better than what the score ended at? Well, sure, I didn't want to see a game that was just a total ass-beating of 38-6 to six and basically controlled from start to finish. But relax. This is what happens in this league. We've got at least 10 more games until we hopefully play a playoff game. So let's just relax. Let's Let's reset. And let's take care of business this week because... This is the NFL. It happened to the Patriots during their dynasty. It happens to the Chiefs from time to time. This is what happens. It was the Lions' turn. It's not what happens. It's how you respond is what's important, especially for this team.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, check the tape. You can go back from our preseason show. I'm going to point myself out and say I pointed at this game when the season started, and I said outside the Chiefs this is going to be our toughest game of the year right here in Baltimore. After this run of teams we have, this is going to be our toughest game. And sure as shit, it was. So for me, I kind of just drew this line down the middle. It was reasons to be concerned and then reasons to not be concerned. And the reasons to not be concerned, uh, for me, definitely overweigh the ones to be concerned. I am mostly taking this as like, I'm just not going to look at it. Like, I'm just not going to look at it. Don't even watch the tape, throw it in the trash. That's not who we are. This is awful. Uh, but it's over, it's done, let's move on. Like by the time the season's done, we'll be like, hey, remember that game? That was weird. That's where I'm ninety-five percent at. Now there are a couple five percent things that are keeping me up at night that do bug me a little bit about what I saw. Uh the number one thing that bothers me, that scares me a little bit about this game is us versus mobile quarterbacks. Um, we got kind of we get We seem to get like sliced and diced by them. They seem to have an advantage over us that we have not figured out. Uh, Geno Smith, decently mild quarterback, ate us alive in that soft zone. Picked us apart, completed every pass. We got zero pass rush, a lot of hurries, no one getting home. I felt that same frustrating feeling with Lamar, who is a much better athlete than Geno, um, so he could just take off, run, scamper, find the open man. Um, we play these like soft zones. We're so scared for the quarterback to run um, that we give up like these soft coverages. And I feel like Aaron Glenn and the defense, and we just haven't figured that out. And you might be saying, Frank, we contain Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we beat Patrick Mahomes. And remember, this is the, the scared side of me talking. Uh they also had 250 drops in that game without Travis Kelsey and uh, Tony. Literally handed us a pick six in that game, so I'm I'm not counting the Chiefs game at all. I count that as an outlier or whatever. So the the mobile quarterback thing is is a scary thing for me. And then remember playing Hertz last year, game one, like oh my god, he ran all over us. And I think that's just like damaged Aaron Glenn, and he's just overcompensated for that. Whatever. Number two thing. Of the scared side of my brain talking is, and this is always a shitty thing to do is whenever you lose a game, you kind of go back and you look at the schedule of the teams you've played, and you're trying to do this like measuring stick and like equate is it good, is it bad. And so you look back now and you go, Kansas City Chiefs, good team or bad team? Good team, obviously. We beat them. That's great. Okay. But then you think about all the guys they were missing, all the drops, all the mistakes, all that shit I just said. Number two, Seattle Seahawks. In my brain, I'll say good team. Good team, we lose that game at home. Falcons, bad team, won the game. Packers, bad team, won the game. Panthers, bad team. Bucks, bad team. Ravens, good team, lose the game. So that's kind of like where your my brain goes a little bit. is like you're looking at the matchups and who we've played, and you're kind of looking back and going, shit, have we fucking played anybody? Are we actually a shitty team when we play good teams? So those are the things that scare me a little bit. But like I said, 95% of me is just throwing this one in the trash and saying, hey, everyone has their day. And it was a road game in Baltimore and we were due.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. And, And a couple things that were alarming to me that game is JG throwing the ball 53 times. I know that we were down early and often in the entire game, but that can't happen. Second thing Montgomery is a huge piece to this team and we have to be able to run the ball on offense or we are going to be in big, big trouble. I know JG absolutely shredded it against Tampa, but against good football teams in December and January, that type of shit doesn't fly. You have to be able to pound the football. I don't know if we need to go out and get another back to help out Gibbs. He didn't have a bad day either. He had 11 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Mind you, the touchdown was in garbage time, but he is not a between-the-tackles running back. You have to have that in the NFL. Go out and see what Zach Moss is asking for because he could be a valuable piece for this team on that side of the football. Um, And the third thing for me is I know we talked about containing the quarterback, but our linebacking play was fucking horrid. We need help on defense. We need help with the pass rush. Go get Chase Young. Go get Patrick Sertan. We have to make some moves here in the free agency. And uh, otherwise, we're not going to be a Super Bowl team. I can tell you with the roster that
2: we have today, we need more pieces to be a Super Bowl team. I can also tell you this isn't fucking Madden twenty four either. <laughs> go get Chase Young and Sertan, like you just throw them a couple of picks and the computer automatically. I'm not saying
1: ex- all three of
2: them, but I'm saying go get guys like that. I'm saying this. We're all right. We've got a shitty schedule, whether we like it or not. And let's go to let's go to f- what, what Frank is looking at, because this is how we look at it as Lions fans. What's worst case scenario? So I'm like thinking like, what is worst case scenario right now? Worst case scenario right now is we have a chance to still win the division because we get Minnesota the last two out of three weeks of the season. Green Bay's not competing. Chicago's not competing. We're going to be in this division race throughout the whole year. And we have a stranglehold on it at this point in time. Like, we're all good. We had one bad game. I do agree we should probably get better. And I think to to kind of go to your point, Lou, too many fans are saying, like, hey, let it play out. Like, we're good at drafting. Like, we've got a lot of young players that we have to resign. Fuck that. The NFL has a small window to find success. Golf is coming up on a contract here. Like, when you get your opportunity in the NFL, you go and you strike on that. You just saw the Eagles trade for Kevin Byard because they've been weak at the secondary. You saw last year the Niners traded for McCaffrey. Good teams go out and they make the bold moves because they understand, generally speaking, the window is very small in the NFL to compete for a Super Bowl.
1: A hundred percent. And even more to your point, Chandler, we have a weak schedule. We have a stranglehold on the division. Why wouldn't we go out and try to fucking make our team that much better when we have those things to to play to our advantage? I'd trade a first and a second round pick for Max Crosby today if they took that.
0: Yeah, I mean, boys, uh, I totally agree with the window like type deal. Like, if 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 Holmes believes that this is the team and it's you know it's this is what we got to do, I believe he'll make the move if he thinks we have another year but i don't really think he thinks like that either i think right now he's still trying to figure out like who can be what for this team down the road uh, and i still think there's a lot to be answered here and i truly believe that the bye week cannot come soon enough and good news for us is we have the raiders at home in primetime monday night we're going to be wearing our fancy new helmets whether you like them or not that's going to fire everybody up and we're coming off an embarrassing Loss versus a bad team who has to fly a long way from home to come into the fucking den. And then after that, the boys get a nice long break before flying in to San Diego. This team, I just feel like needs the bye week so bad. I think we're going to benefit a ton from that. Um I agree. It's not panic button time. I don't know what piece you essentially go get. I do think it's on the defensive side of the ball. Um and I don't know what that looks like or the market or the price and all that. Uh, and I think probably Holmes is playing that game, right? Like whatever that is, like how high the market, this and that goes. Like right now, if it goes and makes a move, the price is going to be so high because the defense just got shredded for 38 points, right? Um, so why not go slap around the Raiders on Monday night, only give up, six points and show max crosby around the city and uh then then go get him and i'm just talking out of my ass but like he's probably like feeling that market out right now because right now we we'd probably have a high price tag
2: well he wouldn't need a flight back because the trade deadlines the next day so he could just he could just stay and stay for halloween if we make the trade for him but you know (laughs) i guess I, i didn't realize it was the next day I did yeah, not realize
0: yeah. it was that. I didn't realize it was that tight. I thought we had another week.
2: Yep, we got the uh, Halloween's the trade deadline this year, but we've got Vegas coming off a game in Chicago. They fly back home just to fly back here. Eight points looks like, I don't know, it scares me a little because that looks so Low as fuck. fucking easy like Dude, that holy is, shit. The Raiders have been one of the worst-looking teams this year like that. and I, I thought it was going to be 10.5 or 11 when the line came out
1: yeah Uh, i think yeah yeah, that's that's i was like sweet mother of god (laughs)
2: thank you
0: boys i'm gonna throw this out here we have four hundred dollars in free betting credits from points bet uh yes
1: the answer is yes frank okay yeah (laughs) i was thinking that too the answer (laughs) is absolutely yes my boy
0: Okay. I, I didn't think you guys would oppose. We didn't discuss this before. I kind of wanted to spring it on you. Uh, I was I was debating either we do the eight or if Monty's back, we go Monty and Moneyline. Um, either one.
2: Hammer. Hammer the eight. And we're going to be down there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll
0: be at tailgate. We're going to be at all the tailgates. We are doing like a four-hour tour that day. So we're going to do... Uh, greek town we're going to do downtown we're going to do eastern i think we're going to end at eastern market uh that's when it's going to get spooky but we're going to be in all costumes getting everyone fired up because we play the halloween team on devil's night in downtown detroit baby it's going to be fun you guys are going to want to watch the story that day and then
2: watch the videos that come out following that the not so early forecast for monday october 30th High of 43. (laughs) Possible rain. (laughs) That high's at about 1 or 2 p.m. too. That's not at 5, 6 o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, I mean, what'd you expect? is going to feel like 65 with the blanket I'm going to have on, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be sucking the half gallon off the teat. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait.
0: I mean, but this is, you know, this is the game. Uh, you know, last time we were this excited, I will say the Seahawks who are not as good as, or who are much better than the Raiders, you know, this is kind of like the energy I felt before that Seahawks game. Uh, but this one would truly shock me. And then if this one were to go South, then I would, you know, we're having a lot different conversation, you know, next week.
2: And you got two weeks to let it marinate, which will keep you
0: alive. And then you're going on the road to play a very desperate San Diego team. It just looks so much different.
2: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Um, all right. Let's do some quick picks. Yep. And and uh, then we can do a quick over-under and call it a night.
2: Yeah. Okay. That sounds Drug good. episode I'm gonna lead, today. I'm going to oh, lead yeah. us off, boys. I, I want to take the reins here because I think we've all bet this team this year. I think we've all hated when we've taken this team, and this team's going to do our dirty work for us this year. You know who I'm talking about. The best team to bet on this year. I don't think really it is, but every time I watch them, they cover the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals hosting the Baltimore Ravens, doing the Lions dirty work, exacting revenge on the Ravens. Cardinals have just like hung around every game this year. Josh Dobbs at quarterback. They've just had a stable of running backs that have gone through. And uh oh, prop bet alert, Hollywood Brown (laughs) plays against his old team, Hollywood (laughs) Brown anytime touchdown, and give me the Cardies plus eight and a half at home against what'd you call them, Frank? The Night Pigeons? Midnight Pigeons. Yeah, I liked that. That was good. There we go.
0: Or you can always go Poe Birds as well. That also and check this e- out. E- man, maybe this is why. Maybe this is why. Maybe I cursed us, fellas. I got the fucking, all the Poe. Wow, this is like Eid?
1: Yeah, the Eid guy, dude. Chill <laughs> out. What do you do, like light a candle and
2: read it by it? Never I mean, more. Never more.
0: It's Halloween at the Cerise house, you know, so uh, <laughs> it's fucking spooky everywhere you turn. Lou, hit me with your pick.
1: Okay, Chandler, I had that one uh, circled on mine as well. I actually wrote down for the first time the Lions minus eight and a half versus the Raiders, but since we're group picking that one, I'm going to go with the other option I have written down, which is your Los Angeles Rams visiting the Dallas Cowboys over under. Does not look like a big enough number here, boys. 45 and a half. I love that over. Give me the over to that game. I think Dak comes out slinging, Staffy's slinging, puka-chuka-chuka-shell, catches a <laughs> touchdown, and uh, I think Tony P finally figures out what uh, what's going on over there and uh, gets in the end zone as well. Give me the over of 45.5 for that one.
0: I like it. I like it. I um, Yeah, I never think of the over-unders, really. I really don't. But you know what? I haven't been thinking well at all because uh, last week, guys, like I think we were wrong across the board. Do you guys remember your picks? I know I went 0-2. I, I know was Hank oh, I missed. was Olfer. I know you yeah. were 0-4. Were you Olfer Chandler? I took the Eagles. Okay. We were one and whatever. We were bad <laughs> and I have been awful. I think I've been like 0 6 the last 3 weeks. And all I've done is gigasimp, simp, gigasimp. Gig <laughs> so I oh. got to do I got to do something. I got to do fucking something different. So, like you say, Chandler, you got to bet uncomfortable. I'm going to bet uncomfortable. I'm going to touch a game that no one should be touching. No one should put their fingers on this shit. It's gross. But I'm going to go to New York. We're going to go to New York City. We're going to go to MetLife Stadium. And I am going to just take the dog in this game. New York versus New York. Let's see what happens. I'm taking the Giants at plus three versus the Jets. I got no explanation. That's it. Googie
2: holy
0: hell is chandler okay does he hate it
2: he's putting the scream face on just left it at i'm taking new york and then giving yourself the pick because that is untouchable of a game it's an
0: untouchable game but i have been touching the touchables and they are harassing me so i need to get i need to get myself somewhere else and don't worry
2: i got a second pick and we'll get back to home (laughs) <laughs> all right, so I like another game, but I'm going to leave it for one of you guys. Cause I, I can feel it. We're going to turn it around here. I know one of you guys has this game, so I'm going to give it there. I'm going to take an inner division home dog. You ever hear that one before? That's Josh Nash. He says it all the time. You take the inner division home dogs. And this week we don't have to go far for one of those green Bay, Hosting the Vikings. Green Bay getting a point and a half. Green Bay has looked terrible. They should be on a five game losing streak, but they managed to pull off a miraculous fourth quarter against the Saints. Vikings coming in with two straight wins seem to be playing a little bit better even without Justin Jefferson. Wow, Green Bay's only getting a point and a half? Exactly. Hook, line, and sinker. This is a trap. Take the Packers. They're due for a good game. I talked about the Lions being due for a bad game last week. I'm going to say the Packers are due for a good game this week. I don't think the Vikings are that good. I think they caught San Francisco at a weird time. I think a lot of people think that this is going to be a very easy pick and take the Vikings. Take the interdivision home dog. Go Pack go. I can't believe I said that. Plus one and
0: Yeah, okay, relax. You, you were all good. Right. You were doing well, but, hey, great. But,
2: but, but you didn't you take, like, the Blackhawks and Leafs yesterday and, like, hashtag them? Yeah, I did
0: thumbs bugs. down and I captioned, taking these teams makes me sick. I didn't fucking paint my face and jump up and down like you just did. <laughs> fucking say all righty, that shit Alrighty, alrighty.
2: I'm to I will <laughs> take you to the Giants game next time. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Battle it's New York. Complex, Tim. You've reached a different level, man.
0: <laughs> Jones versus Wilson. What a matchup. Hey. What a time.
1: All right, I'm going to go a little. Mobile
0: white guys. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you got it. I'm going to go I'm a little fine. East Coast. Not quite the coast. Midwest traveling over to the West Coast with the team where the quarterback just can't stop getting beat off. Whether he's healthy or he's unhealthy, he's still getting jerked. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns visiting <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks minus three and a half. Browns traveling into Seattle. They ain't ready for it. Gino and the boys get it done. I like the Seahawks to cover and win by a touchdown in this one. Um, and Deshaun will probably hit the massage parlor while he's
2: sidelined on this game. That was the craziest intro. Like, I got lost before the pick.
1: <laughs> well, now you're found. <laughs> there
0: it is. Now you're found. All right. Well, I got a little scared venturing away from home taking a dog. So I got to scurry back to home base. You guys probably already know who I'm taking. Because yeah, it's, it's the city. biggest favorite on the board. Wait, is it? It's, is it the biggest favorite on the board? Oh, boys. It sure is. I am back scurrying back to home and we are taking the Miami Dolphins at home minus nine and a half versus the New England Patriots. This feels like a trap, but let me tell you, it's not. The Patriots come off their biggest win of the the season. They're riding high. They're feeling good. They just beat the Buffalo Bills at home for Bill Belichick's 300th win. They're going to get down south in that hot, hot heat. Miami feels embarrassed because they just got beat by the Eagles, and they are going to run fucking circles around the Patriots. No doubt this is a blowout, 34-10. to Count it, Miami, minus
2: 9.5. Giga, giga, goo, goo. Wow. Giga, Giga simptown, baby. Is this the third straight week you took the biggest favorite on the board or just the For, second straight? Probably the seventh, my man.
1: <laughs> why don't you go ahead and up that number, okay? Those yeah, are rookie numbers, you, Chandler. Yeah,
0: yeah, why don't you check the tape, and I can tell you how many I've taken. It's probably probably taken it every week. It's just stopped hitting, so now everyone is uh, worried about it. All right, those are the picks. That's our NFL breakdown. Let's get right. to my out? Am I cut out? You're back.
1: You're coming in. You're back. Now Lou's gone. Am I here now? Or is he there for you?
2: Yeah, he's here. He's here. I thought you guys were gonna take the Steelers.
0: The Steelers? No. no.
2: God damn. That's like your favorite team, Frank, outside the Lions. I thought you were gonna love that. Under home underdog this week. No, wasn't I don't even enough. know how
0: they win games. I don't I don't trust them or anything. Um, is is Lou in the conversation for you? Because I can't. I can't yeah, I can see you. him or hear him. Yeah, he's good. This is actually hilarious. I might just do this blind because I don't <laughs> want to like stop the recording or anything. Rocket, baby. Yeah, let's just hopefully he pops back in. Um. This I'm is so funny.
1: In. <laughs> I'm in, pal. I can't see or
0: hear Pizo, so we're just going into this blind. Alright, Jerry just sent me. Hit, or sent us the over-unders. He actually sent these Sunday. We didn't use them. We're just going to jump right in. He said, LGRW, Hornies, big playoff game Tuesday, which I know that they won 8 to nothing, So wow. absolutely pounded them. Um, and, yeah, that's it. All right. Go Hornies. Go Hornies, baby. I really wish I could see or hear Pizzo. This is chaotic. Um, okay, so I'll lead off number one on the list over underrated raking leaves. I am starting raking leaves is so overrated. Uh, I couldn't stand to do it as a kid. I hate doing it as a homeowner. Now, uh, you got to get a big blower, but the worst part about leaves, unless you're able to just blow them to the sidewalk is to bag them. Bagging leaves is the worst thing in the world. And to me, it just, I just, why is that a thing we have to do? Don't they just like die in the grass and become nature, become like a compost or something like that? That's what I want to believe. That's when I become full hippie is when it's time to rake leaves. I don't like doing it. It sucks. Overrated.
2: Yeah. Bah humbug. I'm on the train with you here, Frank. Like one of them, they're all wet. And then you got to like scrape the top layer off your sod to get them to move anywhere. And then I hate when like, yeah, like, my wife will come outside and be like, hey, let's jump in them. It's like, no, I just rake them all together. We're not jumping in them to get wet, disperse them, and then have to re-rake them. Like, it ain't worth it. You want to jump into something? Going into an indoor pool. Overrated. And I feel like
0: the jumping in the leaves is, is like, always anticlimactic. It's never like, oh, that was that was great.
2: You, you like, hit the ground in, like, two seconds yeah exactly yeah uh, uh, i'll keep
1: uh i'll keep the uh the train rolling here raking leaves is overrated. nobody likes raking leaves it's fucking stupid no overrated <laughs> is he done
0: yep this is hilarious like i literally can't i got nothing all right number two we're gonna go with lou making conversations with strangers
1: oh i love it i love talking to strangers depends on the time and the place for sure but 95% of the time love meeting new people hanging out getting a couple of good stories in uh
2: meeting and talking hanging out with strangers underrated yeah I like it too Lou I'm gonna say underrated as well I love talking to new people just spark it up start bullshitting like ripping on the sports game that's on tv or that fucking idiot that's in the back of the bar like playing the jukebox or something like i love just talking to strangers sparking up a new combo and meeting new people so i'm with you lou underrated uh
0: sounds like you've all said it's underrated i uh i think you guys are better people than me it really depends on the situation if i'm in a social event absolutely i'll talk to new people get to know them spark up a new convo. day-to-day life i have kind of learned i am getting more like like i want less of that uh maybe it's. Maybe I'm just becoming old and grumpy, but I have found myself, like, sometimes, depending on who it is, like, getting annoyed just out in my day-to-day life, sparking up little conversations. And that's, like, a shitty thing of me, so I need to work on that. Maybe that's maybe it's a me thing, but I'll say, I'll say uh, overrated right now, but maybe it's hey, something I need to work on.
2: Yeah. His army, stay away or else get him to 15,000 followers so he can maybe... Like lighten up a little bit here. Hey, hey, I said depends on the situation. We got
0: we got Fizz Convo. If we're talking about me, baby, you know, hey, I'll talk all day. Just kidding. <laughs> kind of. I'm a prick. Number three.
2: Uh Chandler. Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu Reeves is underrated. One of the most humble celebrities out there. Um, still very humble. Gives back uh The Matrix. I mean, that's one of the best series out. Keanu Reeves is an absolute boss, and how can we forget hardball? I mean, underrated.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Chandler. I fucking love Keanu. John Wick, absolute sniper. You see him doing it in real life, you see him doing it in the movies. Hardball, one of my favorite baseball movies, an absolute juggernaut. Dare I say it? Jug. Keanu, underrated. What,
0: what did he say? Over underrated underrated very nice yeah underrated counter Reeves is an absolute jug uh where I fell in love with him was the replacements when he was Falco uh the quarterback that's when he rocked rubbing wild yam on his wounds and shit like that in a ton of stuff great guy great human great actor underrated number four is me right tattoos um I'm gonna say tattoos are are probably overrated. I'm not really in the tattoo game. I got one really, really stupid one uh, in college that's in a hidden location that I hate, that I wish was gone. It doesn't affect my life or anything like that, but never anything I got into. I'm not really into that lifestyle. Uh, And there's a lot more risk than reward there, I feel like, with tattoos. Overrated. Is it me,
2: Chandler? I'm not a big tattoo guy. I mean tattoos aren't my thing it's not my look I don't have any Um, respect the people that do they they look good if that's your style but not for me overrated
1: yep I'm with you I don't have any tattoos don't really plan on ever getting one I think they're pretty cool that I think some people have some pretty sweet ones but not my cup of tea overrated what was what did he say Did
0: he say like they're underrated okay I thought he was gonna say underrated and he doesn't even have one uh number yeah, you, 5. Wish you could Downtown. That. <laughs> I can't Tom hear anything. Nibbler. It's insane. too <laughs> Down... hard right now. Good. Yeah, it's nice that he gets real loud when I
2: can't hear him or see him.
0: Uh number 5 and the final one, Downtown Rochester.
2: Ooh, Downtown Rochester. I'll start with this one. Underrated. Downtown Rochester. Main Street Billiards. Cruisemir. Cabin Cruisers. Red Naps. Chomp. There's so many good things about downtown Rochester, and how could I forget La Puma's Coney Island? Downtown Rochester underrated. Me? Me?
0: You Frank, yeah. Uh nope, Blue.
2: <laughs> You're both asking the same question. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Frank. Cock. <laughs> Frank, you go. <laughs>
0: okay. This is insane. We gotta wrap this show. Downtown Rochester, I don't know anything about it. I'm going to trust Chandler's opinion, underrated. I don't I don't go to downtown Rochester that much. Well, why not? Underrated.
1: I'm with you, Chandler. Good restaurants, good time, looks sweet at uh during Christmas time. Big Christmas light guy here. Yep, holiday lighting authority. Go get it. Um and I'm going to say underrated. That's a wrap.
0: Okay, I have Literally no clue what Pizo said. This was insane. This has never happened on the fizz, but we just kind of did a blind end to the show. Uh, either way, if you're here, thanks for making it this far with us, you guys. Action-packed show. Detroit sports are hot right now. They're fun. The temperature's rising. Things are popping off, and we love having you guys with us. Monday night football. We are going to be downtown, bopping around every tailgate. Let us know where you're at. We're going to have costumes on, making videos, doing a lot of fun shit. It's going to be a fun game. Lions are going to get back on track. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to share this with one of your friends. Let them know this is what you're listening to. Rate this five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the stuff. Follow all the places. We appreciate you guys. Love the Fizz Army. Keep pounding out there for us, team. And we will see you
2: next week. See you on Devil's Night, Detroit. Peace. See ya!